Well, soccer and snow and smoke international style. I promised you guys we'd have some coverage from the Women's World Cup over there in Australia and New Zealand. And joining us now, 3 p.m. in the afternoon in Missoula, but 9 a.m. over in Wellington, New Zealand, which is where Jeremy Lurgio and his family are, just enjoying the World Cup. They've been to several games. They're planning to go to several more. They've been over there since the start of the tournament. The connection here is that Jeremy, a journalism professor at the University of Montana, So that's the local connection, wanted to get just a sense of what it's like over there, and Jeremy and his family kind enough to join us today on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. I'm Andrew Houghton, of course. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you by Zootown Sports Cards, as well as Blackfoot Communications. Big thanks to our sponsors, big thanks to Jeremy Lurgio and his family. Jeremy, I just wanted to start off with, uh, how have you guys been doing over there in New Zealand? Oh, we've been having a great time. It's, uh, you know, coming to the World Cup is kind of a, cool once-in-a-lifetime experience for the family. Our kids are um, 10 and 13, and we're visiting some friends uh, here. We spent a year in New Zealand in 2017-18, and so our friends kindly, this is kind of a fun story, when it was announced the World Cup was coming to New Zealand, um, they sent us a picture of one of their doors in their house, and it says, sorry, reserved for the Lurgios 2023. Um, And so that started the idea of us uh, coming down for what ends up being about a month for us to watch games and visit with them and, yeah, soak it all in. Well, that's awesome, and that's sort of where the impetus, the idea, the inspiration behind this trip came from. You already you already had connections over there, and, of course, you guys love soccer, so it kind of came together really well for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it, the, the biggest part was just figuring out how, how can you plan for four weeks and get your airfares and put all the the things you need together to get four of us over here and uh yeah it's been good we flew in we didn't actually get to the beginning of the cup we flew we drove to seattle because it was cheaper and then um flew to auckland um seattle to la to auckland and then we got delayed in auckland unfortunately we were supposed to get here um about 8 a.m on the day the new zealand's second game was here in wellington and we had a little bit of a panic because we were worried we wouldn't catch a connector in time but we got on a 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. flight, arrived in Wellington at 3. Thankfully, our friends picked us up at the airport and whisked us away for a quick snack and straight to the New Zealand game, um, which was just a, a amazing game. It was a shame that New Zealand couldn't come out on top because they they had so many great chances, and it was just like there was a force field against the goal for them, and they ended up losing 1-0 and having dominated the game against the Philippines. But, yeah, then we woke up extremely tired and, Eventually got on uh, local time here, which is 18 hours ahead um, of Missoula. And, yeah, now we're kind of in the rhythm of getting up, going and doing some fun stuff in the morning and uh, visiting with our friends and then going to games in the evening or watching them on TV. How many games have you been to in in person so far? Yeah, we've been to three. So we went to um, New Zealand-Philippines, which was their second game. And uh, two days later was the USA-Netherlands game which was another really tight, heated game, uh, super exciting game. And then we got tickets to Japan, um, Spain, which was also an electric game. Just, wow, it was, a you know, the level of games this World Cup is. Just don't know who's going to come out on top on a lot of these games, which is really exciting. And so then we've got um, the round of 16 game here, um, which is Japan-Norway, which is Saturday. And then we've got um, quarterfinal tickets. Uh, here in Wellington as well, which um, we were really hoping was going to maybe be the U.S., but since they finished second in their group, 
now they're slated to go to Melbourne and then up to Auckland. So we have tossed around the idea of trying to drive seven hours to Auckland if they make the quarterfinals. But um, that could be a little tricky. But, but it's still open. We're leaving it open. The U.S. has to, has to win their next game against Sweden, and then we'll see. <laughs> and then we got semis and finals in, um, in Sydney. Well, that's awesome. Jeremy, as I mentioned earlier, a professor at the University of Montana, you've got quite the soccer background. So does your wife. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the game, just just what your soccer life has been like. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I grew up in a little town in New Hampshire, and um, I had a good friend that lived a half a mile up the road, and his dad was kind of into soccer and started the team um, when I was in grade school. And he was just a super energetic sports guy he coached our basketball team coached our soccer team all the way through middle school um so that's what kind of got me into it and uh, there was a program on on pbs in my town and it was called soccer made in germany and it was west german soccer and for some reason on saturdays i would turn that on and watch it and um yeah played through high school and then played through college and then um yeah played for fun everywhere i went um I traveled a bunch, and I met a lot of people through soccer. So it's just kind of been a big part of my life. Met a lot of great people in Missoula and a lot of my best friends just by playing pickup and figuring out how to get on a men's league team. Uh, met my wife playing soccer and um, in Missoula as well. Uh, and our kids love soccer. And so we're trying to sort of teach them that it is really kind of a world game. And, you know, I traveled in um, Nepal and India. And when we pulled up to a town, I would go find the field and kick around with the local kids and, and start to get to know the place through that, which was kind of a cool way to meet people. Um, but yeah, Caroline can tell you a little bit about her soccer too. She played a lot of soccer through her career as well. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of similarities with Jeremy just played youth soccer and then competitively really tried to get to the next level um, and played in college and then really didn't want to be done after college. So worked worked and traveled to try and just keep playing um, at the next level. And that was around, I graduated college in 99. So that was when the big push for women's soccer was growing in the States. And so I played, um, I actually played in New Zealand for a season up in Auckland. um, And that gave me an opportunity to play with some really fun, um, some of the New Zealand national team at the time and other other really high level women here. Um, And then went back and just played in the feeder teams for the professional leagues in the States. And then at 25, just kind of recognized that I think I'd done my, done my best and was ready to move on in life. But it's been really fun to see our kids enjoy the game that we enjoy so much. And as Jeremy said, the, the, the fact that it's a world game and if you have a ball, you're going to make friends anywhere you go. is I think an important thing for them to, to recognize about <clears throat> the value of the sport. Well, that's incredible. The world's game indeed. And now you guys are, are halfway across the world in New Zealand watching the Women's World Cup. Just for either of you guys, what has it been like there? What's the atmosphere been like? What's your what's your day-to-day like over there? Um, you know, to be honest, the, the we are not in the center of town, of downtown. And so the day-to-day, you kind of forget that the World Cup happens. But then you go into the middle of Wellington and it's amazing the the um they've just embraced the world cup the the fifa signs and you know we went to the the u.s game and it our our friends here in wellington were just blown away by how many americans show up to these games um and that was that was really cool to see but then also the when we went to the japan spain game it's just 
you know, people love their countries and their teams and they'll travel for them. And it's really fun to, to learn new cheers and see the, you know, costumes that show up with each fan base. Um, and it, you can really tell that people are just all in to, to watch their teams and then not even their teams, but just to watch great soccer. Has this been the first time either of you have, have been to a World Cup? This is my first Women's World Cup. I was able to go, I grew up in Los Angeles, and so I went to the 94 Men's and then the 98 France Men's World Cup. But this is my first time at women, at the Women's World Cup. Yeah, it's my first Women's World Cup. Uh, I went to some games for the 94 Men's Cup when it was in the U.S., um, and I just always wanted to go watch it on TV all the time and just think, gosh, we should really go. What have your guys' takes on, on sort of the big stories of the World Cup, Ben? I mean, we've seen some, some big upsets in the group stage with South Africa going through, Jamaica knocking out Brazil. U.S. women, a lot mm-hmm. of people would say that they've, they've struggled. Um, have you guys been able to sort of focus on some of the bigger storylines of the World Cup? Yeah, we're definitely reading news every morning, watching the highlights of games if we didn't see them. Um, we watched the Brazil um, Jamaica game last night, and wow, what just what a game! I mean, every game is so hard fought, and you watch this Jamaican team just hold on um, against a really good Brazil team, and you just think, gosh, Brazil's going to get through. They're going to get a chance, and they get a chance, and it goes wide, and the goalie makes a save. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great, and it's a bummer, right? You have this great Brazil team, and you have Marta, who's you know what fifth World Cup, six, six, uh, you know she's thirty eight. Um, and you know, you just, you want them to go through, they have great fans, but then you see the Jamaican team and they're just, they're laying on the line they're putting it all out there and and they end up holding off and getting five points, two ties and a win to go through. And so that's really super exciting. Um, and you know, after the game we were watching and they here on, on Sky Sports where we've been watching the games, when they interview a player, a coach, they interview them in their language. And so we're watching Marta give her kind of her farewell speech in um, Portuguese and Rob, my friend here and I are watching it and we're just riveted to the TV. And we're like, I think that was the best speech I've ever heard after a game. And I don't know anything. I don't know any, any bit of what she said. (laughs) And so we, um, the sportsmanship has been amazing. So we, this morning I went online and, and tried to find the translation of her speech and she was just sort of acknowledging that it was her last world cup and saying, we have such a great, young set of players in Brazil, a renewal is coming, you know, hang on, support this sport. Um, and, you know, there's so much more to come and, and farewell. And you just think, God, what a gracious um, speech um, after the game. So that's, that's kind of a great storyline. Um, yeah, maybe you talk about the U.S. Well, um, I, I mean, I think a lot of people expected, you know, the U.S. would just kind of come through and dominate their – their pool play, and I think it's a real testament to where the game has gone that you have upsets in each pool, and mm-hmm. you have really tight games, and you really can't make a prediction about what's going to happen next because um, teams are getting smarter in their approach to the game tactically than I would say overall the level of individual footwork mm-hmm. has gone up exponentially, has just improved. And I think if you think about the, the professional leagues in Spain and in England and in the U.S., like it's a true testament to the support the game has been, you know, has um, has gained in just in the world uh, for women, and it's really exciting. You know, you can't predict what's going to happen next. 
Yeah, Caroline, for you in particular, what's it been like watching the game grow women's soccer? It's been such a, an interesting process. You were around, you mentioned, for the, the 1999 World Cup in the U.S., which sort of lit the fuse for women's soccer here, but it's been growing so much in other parts of the world. The investment has been growing. The level of talent, obviously, has been growing with that, and I think this is the year that I think probably people in the U.S. are going to start to realize it, but what's it been like for you just watching that play out? It's, you know, sort of a bittersweet because as a U.S. fan, you know, you're kind of like, no, come on, we got to get this. But then, you know, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And that, I mean, as Jeremy said, that Japan-Spain game, the the individual skill and the speed, you know, and the, the style. I think the one thing that has really changed is with each league, you have different styles of play that we all agree, you know, is, is very evident in the men's in the men's game, but to see the women's game develop that much that you can say, okay, Spain is very, very much a possession team and looking to find the split passes and Japan is definitely a counterattack, at least in that game, like just to be able to articulate those bigger, you know, um, I guess, tactical moves that can only happen when you have the players with individual skill to make it happen. You're just talking about an overall improved level of the game, higher level of the game. And that's really exciting to be able to, it's not just kick and run anymore. You know, it's like the soccer is just elevated. So it's, it's awesome, you know, and I think, yeah, I don't know. It's just really fun to watch. And, and as, a, as a coach and a, a parent of a daughter and a son, the game that they're watching is so much better than what we grew up watching just because of the development. Do you have any great stories back from your playing days? You mentioned you played professionally for, for a while. I, yeah, um, we played, I was um, in a combine for the Women's Professional League, and the team I was on, with, we played the Haitian national team, um, and they were really physical um, and sort of dirty in a lot of their their, ta- their tackles, um, and I remember that very clearly, being like, oh, okay, get rid of the ball quickly and move on. Um and so it's really fun to see them here, you know, improve. Um, and that's maybe, let's see, I think overall just just watching the play develop and thinking about um, the players that I played with and against. We played a, in a friendly, a Jap- the Japanese national team, and I think they ended up beating us two to one. But just <laughs> thinking about, like, the level of play is so much higher now that I sort of laugh at the idea that I was able to play with them because I look at the teams now and I'm like, no way. <laughs> They're so much better now than, than then. Jeremy and Caroline Lurgio joining us live from Wellington, New Zealand, where they are watching, taking in, experiencing this year's Women's World Cup. The Lurgios live in Missoula, but took the chance to travel halfway around the world for this year's edition of the Women's World Cup. You guys have picked... Some great games. I mean, New Zealand, Philippines with the home team. U.S. Netherlands, of course, with the phenomenon that is the U.S. women's national team. And then Japan, Spain to finish out that group, uh, which have been, I think, probably two of the best teams so far in the tournament, although Japan won that one going away. What have been your favorite memories from just being in the stadium and watching those games? Oh, man, the stadium has been awesome. I mean, the New Zealand game was 32,000, I think. Um just packed, um, you know, tons of cheers, tons of Kiwis, lots of other nationalities. Um, it was a really exciting game. Um, 
the U.S. I think they said there's they, they anticipate there's twenty thousand plus U.S. fans in New Zealand going to you know going to these games, um, and that was again uh, was it thirty thousand mm-hmm. in the stadium, mm-hmm. um, and then Japan was around twenty thousand. We got there and thought, oh, it's not as full, and then all of a sudden start seeing it fill up, um, and just yeah, the the stadiums are great. The the Wellington Stadium um, seats all the seats are good seats. Um, and we've gotten pretty good seats. We're, you know, 8, 10, 12 rows up above the field. Um, you know, the best moments have also been the worst moments. You know, the U.S. comes from behind. They tie the game. Oh, yeah. The stadium erupts. There's more cheers. And, you know, we're, everybody's screaming, USA. And then there'll be the I believe that we will win chant. And then they come down, and Alex Morgan scores the go-ahead goal, and the place just erupts. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> it becomes she was offside by, like, a foot or a foot and a half and you just you're just gutted you know and then the energy builds again and you feel like they're going to score and it definitely felt like the U.S. had to end that second half they, I think it was probably their best second half of the tournament and you just thought gosh they're going to get the breakaway um, and then the same thing happens in the New Zealand game um, they're just knocking on the door creating chance after chance playing really really nice soccer um, you know, in the Philippines, Hidata, you know, they had only had a handful of good opportunities and they had one opportunity and they headed it in, um, in the whole second half and, you know, and, you know, they hit the post and then they score, the place erupts and unfortunately is another, another offside. Um, so those have been memorable moments, um, watching Japan, um, you know, Spain was passing around them and they were just anchoring their defense and they, you just see they had these individual players that had just amazing ball skill, and they get it down the line to their winger, and she takes a touch down the line with pace and just hits a curling ball right to the top of the 18 behind the defense in this number seven. She goes through three players, passes one of her own players to get to that ball and finish it, you know, and you just think, wow, that was something special. Um, and they, they finished four chances like that. Um, yeah, just the energy, you know, Coming from Missoula, too, we don't have professional teams. We have the Grizz. Um, so just to be, to feel the energy of the crowd and the swaying of the energy of the crowd with the with the team's mm-hmm. momentum, it, you, it's just electric. You can really feel it, and that is really a fun environment to be in, you know, and something that we just don't experience in Missoula. What's the mm-hmm. breakdown of the fans that are there? Is it mostly Americans and then, you know, Australians and New Zealanders, or, or who else has really shown up? People come out of the woodwork for the games. I don't know. It, I mean, the mm-hmm. the Spain Japan fan base was real. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I haven't looked at numbers, and we are only in Wellington. You know, and the games are kind of all over in, in both countries. So I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to know the, the breakdown. There was certainly more um, Netherlands fans than I anticipated in the stadium. I felt oh, like, yeah. oh, we got you know, there's twenty thousand Americans in New Zealand. This place is going to be full, and it was, but gosh, there was some great Netherlands fans and they had big flags. And when they scored, they started waving them and you're like, Oh yeah, they're, you know, they start chanting and you're like, "Uh Oh yeah, there is some fans here. Um, we got to sit next to some great Japanese fans. There was a, uh, a family. And then this one guy decked out in his favorite pinkish Jersey and he had pink uh, Nikes on. And, and when, when they scored the first goal, just them alone next to us, you know, the eruption yeah. of, of sort of joy in their faces and intensity. And um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, our buddy, Rob, who is our, our host here in Wellington, he, he came over. I think he wants to chime in. You need a, <laughs> you need a little Pee-wee in your, your interview here. Mm. Uh, hi there, Andrew. How are you? 
Good. How are you? Oh, very, very good, thanks. I, I couldn't help but uh, hear some of the comments. And uh, it really has to be said that uh, the atmosphere in the stadium, the American game, USA versus Netherlands, was quite unlike anything we've had before. The USA crowd was unbelievable. Super vocal, super proud of their players, and so they should be. And so um, it was a thrill to be part of. The The stadium was, was just drowned in red, white, and blue, and awesome, quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. Uh, the fans were just brilliant. The atmosphere they brought to the stadium and to the city uh, is, is superb. We saw the, uh, the the large American fan club uh, walking down the waterfront on the fan trail to the stadium. I think there's maybe two or 3,000 of them, uh, all, all decked out in the red, white, and blue. Absolutely brilliant. It was such a fantastic thing to be part of. What's it been like to, to be hosting the tournament just in general? It must have been years of build-up and excitement to this. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, it's been um, yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we're we're very proud and very humbled to to host it, and uh, we're we're very humbled that people would travel so far to come to New Zealand for the for the games. It's a long way away to to come, and we we really appreciate that and we we respect that. Um, and so we're yeah, very very pleased to host people, and we really hope that they are having a good time. Certainly, that the soccer is living up to it. The uh, as Jeremy and Caroline have been saying, the excitement in the stadium and outside the stadiums has been absolutely superb. So, yeah, no, very, very, very proud. And uh, it's been so good for the game. Um, New Zealand's traditionally a rugby nation, but uh, the growth of soccer over the last few years has been phenomenal. Um, you know, kids, adults, many, many people are playing soccer, and uh, many of our grounds are being converted to soccer grounds because there's just so many people playing it now and loving it. And uh, the appreciation of the sports, the, the, the tactics, the strategy, uh, the skill, the craftsmanship, that it's just so, so good to see. Absolutely fantastic. Well, New Zealand out of the World Cup now after the group stage, but you guys did have that win over Norway in the first game. What was that moment like just as, as a host nation, the first game in the tournament? Mm. Well, so, yeah, we, uh, it's probably fair to say we didn't expect to do well. We were, we were thrilled to be part of it, but didn't, didn't expect to do well. Um, but, uh, you know, looking forward to the spectacle. Uh, to win that first game, wow, you should have seen the press the next day. There was nothing else on the news except the win of the soccer. And we had national heroes born overnight. It was superb. And they're now household names, and so they should be. And so the, um, uh, it, it, it's wonderful to see the, um, the, the women's game getting the kudos it deserves. Uh, they're so skilled, so dedicated. They work so hard. And the entertainment they provide as a spectacle is just brilliant. So yeah, that was a that was an extraordinary game to be part of, and uh, it 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 really uh, did so so much um, so much good for the rest of the tournament. Uh, straight away, uh, other games started selling out. Everyone was just like, "Wow, this is a big big deal." New Zealand's now got a chance, and so uh, people started buying tickets to all the other games as well, and not just New Zealand games. Uh, you know, as Jeremy and Caroline said, uh, yeah, some 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 games where there's countries that we don't have a strong association with. People are still going to the games because it's such a fantastic spectacle. Jeremy and Caroline Lurgio from Missoula to Wellington joining us on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. And guests, thank you for jumping in there. Introduce yourself just one more time. Oh, sorry. My name's Rob. I'm from Wellington, New Zealand, and we're very, very proud to be hosting our friends, the Lurgios. And, of course, uh, the whole country is very, very proud to be hosting all the fans who've come to watch the game. Well, thanks, Rob. I appreciate you jumping in, man. That's awesome perspective. And, yeah, I mean, from everything I've seen, it's been uh, New Zealand has been a great host for this year's Women's World Cup. Uh, Jeremy, Caroline, anything else that you wanted to mention that really has, has caught your attention from over there that's really been a crucial part of the experience or that people who aren't experiencing it should know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, they put on such a great event. 
Um, you know, we haven't been to all the cities yet. It'll be fun to see how Sydney is different from Wellington, but Wellington in particular, um, they have a whole fan zone area and it's all along from the, the National Te Papa Museum down to the stadium. And so on game days, there's all kinds the of, yeah. along the harbor, there's a sort of a waterfront wharf walk. And um, they have a whole fan zone with an inside TV and outside TV. They have music, um, they have games, they have a little open soccer field. And, you know, that was one big thing on our list to do is to get down there and kick about with some people. And, you know, we met a South African guy and some, some school kids came down, you know, when they got out of school. And so there's all these kind of fun things to do just outside the stadium, which is, is all part of that experience. You know, we're jumping in on juggling circles. Every, every time my son sees a juggling circle, he's like, we got to go join them. You know? um, so you just start kicking around with, with new people who you're just meeting. So that's been really special. Um, so, yeah, they put on a great event. It is winter. Um, so it's been like today we're staring at real, a lot of wind and rain. And so um, the games that we've gone to haven't been miserably cold, which has been kind of nice. Um, but yeah, it's just a, what a great experience for, for our family to be able to, to see um, and get to watch this level of soccer in the stadiums on TV. Um, we were in a card shop yesterday, and sure enough, it came up. She's like, where are you from? What are you here? And, you know, her family's a big soccer family, and they've been just loving it, um, going to the games as well. I think one thing I'd just like to chime in is that what what we've found is obviously we have a love for New Zealand and I feel like New Zealand has not changed its identity for the World Cup. It's sort of mm. giving it this is an opportunity for them to, you know, kind of share who they are and what they value. And so um this, you know, um things like, you know, encouraging um bringing travel mugs and having water resource stations and Mm-hmm. You know, when you get off the airplane, they have, you know, um, messages like, you know, we, we, we value taking care of our country and our place mm-hmm. and our ocean and our land. And you are, you know, as entering New Ze- as, when you enter New Zealand, you are becoming a part of that. And I just, I think that's wonderful. Uh, looking at Wellington, it really has not lost its identity um, for the World Cup. It's sort of embraced it as an opportunity to, to show people what New Zealand's like. Jeremy and Caroline Lurgio from Missoula traveling to Wellington, New Zealand, and eventually going to catch some games in Australia as well for the Women's World Cup. Guys, I really appreciate you taking the time here. I know it's difficult to make the schedules work, but it's been awesome talking with you. I appreciate the the local, the on-the-ground flavor. I, I love bringing that perspective back to people who are still here in Missoula and all around the state of Montana, maybe just watching the games on TV. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for reaching out. I'm happy to have the conversation with you. Kind of fun to reflect on um, sort of our first half of our trip, too. Jeremy and Caroline Lurgio, live from Wellington, New Zealand. We'll have to catch up with you guys again, maybe later in the knockout rounds, because I had had a great time talking with them. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you, as always, by Zootown Sports Cards, as well as Blackfoot Communications. We'll continue bringing you some more coverage from the Women's World Cup as the knockout rounds get started. U.S. women narrowly through to the knockout rounds after a scoreless draw with Portugal in their final group stage game. So they'll be heading to the round of 16 this weekend. I'm Andrew Houghton for the Lurgios. This has been Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Thank you for listening. <laughs>